All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you so much that we're able to gather in a safe place, in a safe environment where we can speak of your goodness and worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, right now we just we ask that you would open your word to us, Lord, that our eyes would be able to see and our ears would be able to hear what you have to say to us. Lord, I pray that you would just use me as a conduit and that you would speak. Use my lips, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. How are we all doing? Good? That's good. I'm doing well too, but I don't know. I've just all of a sudden I got really nervous as soon as I stood up. So smile at me, like I said. I got a question for us this morning, just to start us off. Do you ever find just do it? Do you ever find yourself doing, saying, or thinking things that you know you probably ought not to? I, I believe that I'm speaking to a, a room majority full of Christians. And therefore, from a Christian standpoint, do you ever find yourself maybe doing, saying, thinking things that you, according to the Bible that you believe in, probably ought not to? I know I do, personally. Okay? For example, uh, during the week, we had dinner at a friend's place. Uh, American Erica, if you know the beautiful Filipino couple with the daughter, with their son, Lucas, sorry. And uh, we went over there for dinner. And lately I've been, try- I've been sort of on a health kick. I'm trying to go to the gym. I'm trying to eat well. Anyway, we went. There's a big mistake going to their house if you're trying to eat well, first of all. <laughs> anyway, we went over to their house. And on the table was some fried rice, a beautiful dish of, uh, I think it was stir-fried. Stir- no, no, I'm not talking about that yet. That's, that's the end. <laughs> so there was a beautiful dish of... Uh, pork and noodle stir-fry, and then by itself on the right-hand side was a big container full of spring rolls, pork spring rolls. And they, they were like, sort of like, about the size of a snicker bar, just a little bit shorter. They were massive, so they're big spring rolls. So me being on this health kick, I thought, maybe I'll have, just, I'll just have two. And so I had two. And then I thought to myself, oh, well, I just I barely tasted it. I've had two. Maybe I should have four, and then I'll, I'll be happy. So about nine or ten spring rolls in, I'm feeling very bloated. <laughs> yeah, I'm full. So I've, my eyes have been too big for my stomach, and now I'm full. And now I'm actually regretting, Erica, I love you cooking, but I'm actually regretting stuffing myself full of food. And it's not only the fact that now I feel bloated, but... I feel guilty because in the morning I actually got up early to go to the gym. And I'm like, what a waste of time. What a waste. I've wasted my morning. But that's just, so that's, that's one thing that I know I ought not to have done, but I ended up doing. I'm going to go a little bit into my testimony here. I'm going to go to when I was a, sort of a late teen. So growing up, I was always a heavy kid. I was a big kid. I was a chubby kid. So... I grew up with a lot of, uh, I had very low self-esteem, I had very low self-confidence, and talking like this would have been, would have been far from my reality. And as I got towards my later teens, I started experimenting with alcohol. And the thing about alcohol is maybe after a few drinks, you start to become a person that maybe you wouldn't be beforehand. Yeah, am I speaking to anyone? Yeah? So I actually found that Alcohol gave me a confidence in myself 
that I didn't have beforehand. And so I used it as a crutch. All of this knowing full well that I'd grown up in a church home, I'd grown up with Christian parents and in a Christian family, Christian environment, knowing full well that I am doing something that I ought not to be doing. Not to the point where I was having a, a, just a few drinks with some mates, but I was binging on the weekends and I was going out to parties and things like that. And, and the whole time in doing these things, I knew full well that I ought not to be doing what I was doing. What is it that you find yourself doing that you know you ought not to be doing? Don't yell it out. You might get some weird looks. But just think about it for yourself. What is it that you as a Christian, knowing the life that you ought to be living, knowing the things that you ought to be keeping away from, that you find yourself guilty of, sometimes time and time again. You see, the cool thing about being a human is that a lot of the things that we struggle with are not new. A lot of the issues and a lot of the circumstances that we deal with, they've been dealt with before. And believe it or not, some of the issues and the, and the struggles that you have, that you are dealing with right now, I can almost guarantee that someone else in this room is either dealing with it or has dealt with it in their own lifetime. So you can take solace in the fact that we're all going through struggles and we all have dealt with certain things that we ought not to be doing, but we are. So I don't know what you're dealing with personally, but I can tell you that whatever it is, it's not new. It's all being seen by God and He's able to deal with these things. Amen? And the world will look at us and say, but we're Christians, right? We're supposed to have it all together. Yes, it is a big lie. We're Christians, we're not supposed to be struggling with these, these small things or, or we're not supposed to be dealing with these sins in our lives because we're enlightened, so to speak. We've come to a truth that we know is able to, to save us. And we, we are, but it doesn't mean we still don't deal with that struggle in our own lives. Amen? So if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to ask you to turn to Romans chapter 7, verse 15. I'm going to open my Bible too. Let's read. Everyone got it? Well, let's read. I do not understand what I sorry. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Does that sound like you some days? It sounds like me. Sounds like me, yeah, quite a few days out of the week. But um, you can see here that Paul has this same struggle. He's struggling with the same thing. I do not understand what I do. He's saying, I'm, I'm at odds with what I'm doing. I'm at odds with what I'm doing myself. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. I want to know what he was doing, first of all. Because it sounds, I don't know. It, just, it, it perplexes me that he says that he hates what he does. It would be one thing to say that what I do, okay, I'm going to get confused. What I do, I do not want to do, and what I do not want to do, I do. It would be something if he said that, but he didn't say that. He says, what I hate, I do. And for me, I found myself in many situations where I absolutely hate sometimes 
the person that I am because of what, I've, of what I'm doing. Does that ring true with anyone else this morning? You find yourself in a situation where you just, you absolutely, you've done it before and then you've gone to God and you just said, Lord, I, I need you in this area and I need you to come through for me. And then you go good for about three, four days and then you return back to what it was you were struggling with. And then you actually end up starting to hate and even loathe yourself. Paul deals with this exact same struggle. Okay. So knowing this about Paul, everyone know who's, who I'm talking about when I'm talking about Paul in the Bible? Yes? We know who we're talking about? So Paul grew up as a Pharisee. And when he writes this book in Romans, or when he writes this letter to the Roman church, I did a little bit of research. He's actually been a Christian for about between 15 and 20 years. So he's not... He's not a baby Christian, so he hasn't just come into the faith. Okay, so he's been a Christian for about 15 to 20 years. So he's, he's spent time around the church. Better yet, he's, he's carrying part of the church into different parts of the world. He's carrying the, the church and the gospel into the Gentile world. So when he says that he's struggling with the things that he does not want to do, this is coming from a man who has understood the gospel, who grew up as a Pharisee, understands the law, and better yet, he's been a Christian for 15 to 20 years. So we can see here that struggles aren't confined to people who have just begun their walk and their journey in the faith. In fact, the, the struggles that we deal with um, as a people, they, they are with us at the start of our journey. They are with us in the middle of our journey. And they're with us until we actually die. So knowing this about Paul, why is it then that we find him in the middle of the struggle? The answer to that we can find in verse 23. So if you can find verse 23 in your Bibles, and I'll read that out. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. So what is it within him? There is another power at work within me, Paul says. What is that work? We call this our flesh. But though we have submitted our minds and our spirits to the service of our God and His kingdom, our flesh is still confined to this earth. Our flesh if we aren't careful, still desires the things of this world. Make sense? A little bit of sense? I'm confusing people? You can talk to me afterwards. <laughs> so Paul says that there's another work within me which causes me to do the things I don't want to do. Okay. See, the, the, the actual fact that we as Christians have a struggle within us is evidence that we are saved. Okay, if I can, if I can explain it in a better way, probably better, better understand if I use this analogy. Like, so if you're heading down the road, you're heading out toward Hanwood, there's no speed signs on the road. So you belt it, you go 150 
No speed signs. 150 on the way to Hanwood. Cop pulls you up. Woo! You pull up, and the guy says, you're speeding. And he said, no, I wasn't. He said, no, you were speeding. You're going 150 k's an hour. Yeah, but you had no, there's no, there's no speed signs on the road. Because there aren't any speed signs on the road, he has no authority to book you. Because there are no, if, if a law or if a, if a rule isn't pointed out to you, then you don't know what's wrong. Does that make sense? Therefore, the fact that you actually have a struggle within you is evidence that you are saved. Does that make sense? Because from a worldly perspective, for our brothers and sisters in the world who who have no conviction about them or about the actions that they take, they're free to do exactly whatever whatever it is their heart desires. And they have no conviction about it. We believe that Holy Spirit may still be inching on their heart and wanting them to pull into the kingdom, but compared to those who are within the body of Christ, it's like what the, the decisions and the, the motives that they have are of no consequence. Therefore, they're allowed to... There, there is no real... They, they don't really feel that there is a repercussion for, for the things that they, are, that they are doing. Okay? Make sense? All right. And why is it that we as new believers, or as believers actually have this battle within us. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, I think spells it out well. Yeah? Oh. Excuse me, guys. Whoa. Sorry, my contact just popped out. <laughs> So, it's because we, as Christians, have actually received a renewed mind. Amen? And because it's because of a renewed mind that we're actually able to see, or we're actually able, that, that, that we're actually having that battle within our hearts and within ourselves as to why it is that we ought not to be doing sometimes the things that we do find ourselves doing. Thankfully, Paul provides us with a great resolution in the very next chapter, if you can flick out over to chapter eight, if you're in your, if you have an NIV Bible, and it's got the subheadings, I feel like the subheading in the NIV Bible actually describes the resolution very well, because in my one it reads, "Life through the Spirit." Okay, and I'm going to read from verses one to two. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. It's like a pressure valve gone. Jesus came, he paid the price, and because of my sinful nature, I'm actually able to take on what Jesus has done on the cross. So, in our lives and in living lives that are wanting to to be free from things that are going to cause us to stumble. The only way to live that way is not actually to live through our flesh, but it is to live through the Spirit. 
Because living through our spirits is the only way that we can actually find, that we can only, this is the only way that we are led to be able to live lives that are unquestionable. <laughs> you guys are quiet. <laughs> cool? Cool. Let me change my notes. You see, because in this world, the flesh is usually the loudest voice. It's yelling at you. It is always yelling at you. Yelling, I need some comfort. I need to relax. Your flesh is always yelling at you to look for the most comfortable situation and look for the most comfortable area where you can serve in a capacity that doesn't strain you too much. The flesh yells at us all the time. The flesh is yelling at us to, to I don't know, to, to head out on a Friday night and binge with our mates or something like that. The flesh is always yelling at you to do these types of things. And it's always a distraction whenever the flesh yells. Our mind is usually that calm voice tries to promote reason and it tries to promote logic. But if I do this, then that's going to happen. If I do that, then this might happen. But it's not as loud as your flesh. Whereas the spirit is personal and it's usually like a whisper. And I've found that, I've found that when the spirit ministers to you, it ministers very subtly. And if you are distracted by your flesh and you're trying to reason out everything with your mind, then usually sometimes you will not hear the Spirit. Sometimes the Spirit of God will be ministering to you in the midst of maybe doing what you ought not to be doing. Therefore, I wanted to look at ways that maybe we were able to, we'd be able to promote and even enhance the way that we live by the Spirit. Because living by the Spirit is going to be the way that we as Christians, we as Christians, it, it is the way that we as Christians need to live, to live out the will that God wants us to live. Amen? So the first point that I've put down to, to promoting a, a lifestyle of living through the Spirit is actually community and accountability. So, everyone here heard of grow groups that we have that meet up during the week? Yep, grow groups. Those things are awesome for you, for you actually to live through your spirit because you're going to be surrounded by brothers and sisters who may be going through similar dealings, who, may be able to, who are able to sit with you, talk with you, and pray with you through situations that you're dealing with and the struggles that you're having to deal with in your own life. So... It's why we have such an emphasis on the fellowship time that we have after church. Stick around, have a chat. Get to know a group of people that you can actually be able to be accountable to and be able to share your life experiences with because we want to get to know you and we hope that you want to get to know us as well. So community is very, very important. You'll even see that in if you were to go to the book of Philemon, the 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 letter that 
Paul actually wrote to the church in Philemon, he says that Epaphras sends his greetings. And he lists a few other names as well that they all send their greetings. Mind you, Paul's in prison. And he's still surrounded by brothers who are able to encourage him in the faith and who are able to spur him on in his faith and be able to lift him up. Because when he's struggling, he needs a brother to be able to lean on. And I'm sure when his brother is struggling, he's able to be that person that is able to give his brother peace as well. So get around a group of people. Don't be an island. Find a group of friends that you're actually able to be honest and open with. And allow them into your life so that as you share the things that you struggle with, you're able to be vulnerable enough for them to pray for you and to be able to see healing take place in your own life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Second point. How do we promote a lifestyle of being led in the Spirit? You've got to actually read this. I know it's very basic and it's very fundamental, but you can't go past it. I've gone, I remember seasons in my life where I've gone months without actually opening the Word. And you can tell. You'll be able to tell when you're not spending time in the Word. You see, sometimes we're asking God, Lord, would you speak to me? Lord, would you minister to me? Lord, would you give me a word? Lord, would you just speak, uh, speak a revelation or a, a new word into my life? Now, I don't know how blurry your Bible looks, but my pages are pretty clear. And if God wants to speak clearly, he's already placed it right before you. So spending time and actually setting time aside and going through his word is one of the easiest ways to allow God to speak into your life and to be led by the Spirit. Oh, but Lord, I need a massive revelation. There's actually a book called Revelation in here. (laughs) Spend time in the Word. Don't ignore it. Don't allow it to be that heavy book on your bookshelf that keeps the rest of them up. Take time to, to, to let this word soak over your life. Because in doing so, you will be able to then lead a life that is led by the Spirit and not by our flesh. Because many men and women have that same experience that we are dealing with, and they write about it here. Right here. And it's available to us so freely. And you, there's, If you're on Facebook or whatever social media account that you might have, People have no access to this, some people. And they're actually, they're punished if they are found in possession of a Bible. Men and women actually take time to memorize it, not because, sometimes not because they, they, they want to memorize, simply memorize the Word of God. They memorize it because it might be taken away. Yet we as people are so, who are so freely have Bibles sort of laying around, like literally laying around. There's like 10 Bibles at the back there that are falling apart, but they're Bibles. So if you're looking to live a life that is led by the Spirit, spend time in the Word that has been influenced and spoken through the Spirit. Amen? I've actually got one more point. How to live a life led by the Spirit.
It's another very basic, fundamental thing. Pray. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask a question now. Who has an intentional time that they have set aside during the day, not a time that you do, that you use while you're doing something else? I'm talking about a time that you've set aside during the day where you actually take time aside to pray. I'm not talking about praying for your food. Okay? I'm not talking about when you pray for someone who you see needs healing, they've got a broken arm or something. I'm talking about time that you actually sit down, that you've set aside in a quiet place in your closet to pray. Do you have that time? Awesome. Awesome for those of you who do. And what an encouragement for us who maybe don't. Maybe it's a challenge for us this morning. Maybe that 15 minutes that you can sacrifice from social media or that 15 minutes that you can sacrifice away from the TV screen. Maybe there's that 15 minutes that you can take away from, um, I don't know, whatever else it might be. 15 minutes to just sit down and just intentionally spend time in prayer. I know I've struggled with with that in my past. We're so busy nowadays, aren't we? Every minute of the day is scheduled and we're all planned and we always got to be in a certain place at a certain time and we never have time to just sit down and allow our minds to relax and just spend time with our Father. I mean, it's really basic. Read your Bible, pray every day. Pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. I mean, okay. see, as simple as that is, if you forget everything from today, I could care less. If you remember that song and you applied that to your life, I'd be happy. I'd be happy. If we wanted to live lives that have fueled by the Spirit, that are led by the Spirit, that yes, may be struggling because we are in the flesh and because we are of, no, we are in this world. If we want to live lives that are led by the Spirit, then let's find times to just practice these disciplines. Spend time with community. Get to know somebody. Let them get to know you. Make yourself vulnerable and allow yourself to talk and just let everything loose. Not worried about judgment, not worried about what they might say, but someone that you trust and you can actually unload all of those things to. Spending time in the Word, invaluable, invaluable. It sometimes just goes unnoticed and unpronounced. And spending time in prayer. Amen, church? I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Because I want to make an opportunity right now for maybe someone who's in the house that everything that I said this morning might just be gibberish to you. If you have not ever made a decision to accept Jesus Christ into your life, to be your Lord and Savior, this morning I want to extend that opportunity to you right now. So if you're 
Sitting wherever you may be sitting. Get your eyes closed. No one's looking around. Don't be too shy to. If you would like to, to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, believe me, everyone else in this room wants to celebrate and cheer you on. I'm going to ask you to be brave, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Anyone at all? I'm going to give it a moment. Just another moment. Awesome. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you hear our voices and you hear our cries, dear Lord. And we know that you are a God who leads by your spirit. And Lord, we pray that as your people, we would be led by your spirit as well. Lord, we pray for community. We pray for time spent in our word. And we pray, we pray for time spent, time spent in prayer in a solitude place just with you, our Father. Lord, we thank you so much for this morning. Lord, and we dedicate our lives into your hands. We dedicate the rest of this week to you, Father. May we lead lives led by the Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.